So the diplomat on on Netflix is kind of amazing. It's by a producer showrunner of a Homeland, which I know you and I love. Until they hung Brody, and then I was out. <laughs> then it's over. You know what? We always have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're only fans of Brody's Homeland. It should be like called something else. <laughs> Brody's Homeland. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Good morning, Ted. It's episode 224 of the Trailer Junkies podcast, and we uh, have been metaphorical red string attached to our penises. <laughs> Was that a spoiler alert? It's total spoiler alert. What What are you talking about? I don't even know. I, you don't know? I don't know. Oh, well, we'll have to get there then. Maybe okay. it is a spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler for me. <laughs> a, red, a red string on Ted's penis is a spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. We'll get to that. <laughs> no, you, have, you didn't watch Ted Lasso this week? Ah, see? No, I'm, I'm a week. That's the only one I'm, I didn't watch this week. Oh, this guy. This guy. <laughs> now you got to watch. I got to watch. Okay. Okay. So uh, it is the morning. Of it's Saturday, April twenty ninth. Saturday, we, re- we record this. <laughs> That's right. And let's have a beer. Yeah, let's. What do you got today? Or to uh, what do you got this morning? This, mor- <laughs> this morning, I I have a beer. <laughs> it's called uh, Perpetually Unimpressed. <laughs> and you got to look at this. You got to look at this dog. This dog. This dog is so amazing. I don't know whose dog this is, but yeah, that is. A good you know, one. he is perpetually impressed. It's a double dry hopped, unfiltered Dippa. Oh wow! And uh, we're clocking it at eight point two. Oh man, I thought you'd have one of your breakfast stouts. And it is. <laughs> I guess you've been let's having see, breakfast for dinner. That's the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, you're doing that. Yeah. What do you got? We're going with a sour. Oh, nice. Okay. A uh, dogfish head uh, sea squench ale session sour at 4.9. I got a day of stuff I got to get done. I can't be smashed here at nine in the morning. <laughs> but yep, just a standard. Oh, you know, nice. Kinda, yeah. That's nice, though. I love dogfish head. So we'll see. Woo, man, that smells sour. Ar- aromatic sour. Very much so. So we'll see what this is. It actually smells really good. Mm. All right, man, you have a tasting note there with your unfiltered dippa. My unfiltered dippa is, is it might as well be a breakfast. It has it has a citrus. It's almost like a, a grapefruit uh, dippa here. So It's like a mimosa. Yeah, a little bit. It's got some citrus notes in it. Um, it tastes light, so... I'm planning on mowing the lawn after this, so there you go. I feel like this is a good refreshing thing. I do have, I do have a day of things, but that 8.2 will be sweated out um, pretty early on in my my yard work process. There. And what was the name again? It's uh, perpetually unimpressed. Ah, like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. It's not one of those. It's a pucker. No, no, it's not one of those like super sour like. Oh. Okay. You know how they make you a pucker where yeah. it, it, like you can't even get it down. It's so <laughs> sour. It's it's I mean it's sour of course, but it's like really mellow. It's like a gateway sour. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's really refreshing. It's kind of lemony. Okay. Yeah, it's a little fruity on the front, and then it does hit you sour on the back end, of course, but it's not one of those. Right. It's, you know how some of those sours are just like outrageously yeah. sour. No, this is not that. It's like your, co- your cousins won't yell at you for trying to make them drink this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe that's why it's a session sour. It's also not oh, that yeah. high on the, it's not that high on the ABV. It's 4.9. So. Right. How is it on the Scoville? No, what's the other? What's the Scoville bitter chart? Scoville units, the ones that burn. <laughs> no, what's the what's the one that you the the bitters units or whatever? Oh, IBUs, IBUs, international bittering <laughs> units. It's not bitter. I mean, bitter and sour no. are two different things. Okay. Yeah, like you could have a really bitter stout or IPA that just is it just lays on your palate. Uh huh. This kind of flows across, hits you with the sour effervescence on the back end, and then it 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 evaporates off. You know. Uh huh. Is there a sour scale? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I don't I've never heard of one, but I, right. Right. I'm not big into the sours, but maybe the people that are there are there. There is there's got to be there's got to be some kind of grading. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so how is your week been or two weeks? I guess we missed last week. Two weeks. Right. Yes. You've been uh, one busy dude. Oh, uh, man. Tell you said it last night when we were chatting. We were like. These teenagers, they just have schedules and you just try to try to plan around them and multiple kids have multiple things going on. And this weekend was a bit, well, it's continuing. It will be a bit <laughs> challenging. I We have prom tonight for, for Audrey. Uh-oh. Um, so that's, uh, that's a thing. And then uh, by the time this comes out, you know, it will, it'll be in the past. But, <laughs> but yeah, so prom and then... Tomorrow we're hopefully gonna take a little ride on a boat with a friends with friends with her boyfriend's family. So and then Bryce wanted to go to his school event and it was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we were busy on Thursday. A three day event? No, it's like three nights of shows. What kind of shows? So he was like, it's like a pop show. It's like a talent show, but the, the school puts it on, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. And we were trying to go. And then he was like, I'll just go on Saturday. But with Audrey's prom and everything, we didn't want to overbook that. And Ann wants pictures of the whole family at prom before prom. So I'm like, okay, so we got to, we, we got to, we got to juggle that back onto Friday night schedule. And uh, yeah. Oh, and then <laughs> on the way, on the way to uh, his little show last night, the Tesla was uh, was giving me like tire issues. What does that mean? The tire light was on. Kids the talk. One of the one of the few things, one of the few mechanical things that can kind of go wrong. So I had a nail. Like you needed to inflate them or something. Yeah, there was a nail in one. So it worked. It works. Yeah, the the tire pressure gauge was was uh, alarming. Yeah, and uh, we got in there, but it was like one of those things that was too close to the edge, and there was some weird wear to the tires. So oh, and they couldn't plug it. Couldn't plug it couldn't patch it so they replaced it and then they had to replace two tires so the two back tires i had to get on that so that was that was uh <laughs> that was that delayed the evening a little bit um but we still got it all done it was packed a packed friday night you know well you know when you put on 175,000 miles in a year <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the heck you do with that thing of course they're worn out <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I've been, you know, this week was a big week at work. I don't know if you heard the, the layoffs happened. Um, I am still employed, you know, uh, at Disney. I did hear about the layoffs. Yes. There was like 7,000 of them or something. 7,000. I think it was only 4,000 this week. Um, so many, uh, wow. many people yeah. I know, you know, were, were impacted, they say. Um, everybody was impacted. I think, you know, we're, we're all impacted, even the people that are still there. So, so my theory and, and help me understand that this is kind of the way I, I kind of see it is pre COVID, you know, all these tech companies are laying people off Google, you know, whatever, Amazon, Disney, right. they're all, they're all right. doing it pre COVID. You had whatever employment that they had. Mm hmm. COVID hits, everyone's at home. So they go through this hiring process to like, because they got the demand for all this stuff. Right. This digital stuff was so high because of COVID. And now they're going back to pre-COVID numbers. Would you say that's accurate? Or that's kind of my thinking of it. I've, I, I haven't read that anywhere. No, that is, uh, that is truly the case for tech companies. I'm so, so uh, honored that you would group Disney in a tech company space. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking more like the streaming and they had to ramp all that up because there's so many more people at home watching it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no. So the streaming streaming services definitely ramped up. This is not uh, this is a, you know, Disney is a conglomerate. So we had a oh, they lot have so of many, exactly. <laughs> so many units, so many things. Uh, what did I hear lately? Uh, oh, I heard uh, it's a Disney is a law firm. I heard another podcast. Disney's a law firm that runs a, a park in a media empire, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's probably very true, actually. <laughs> I deal with lawyers every day. Um, so, yeah, it it is true for the tech sphere for sure. Amazon, 100%, you know, like they had to deliver stuff and, and ramp all that stuff up. Um, I think in business, though, I think in general – this is a time where you can do more with less and right and there is we're still i think we're still kind of making up for the acquisition of fox uh you know and bringing in all those people and the redundancy of of those those units you know and trying to figure out we have three you know we have four units doing the same thing let's figure out which of these units align put them together you know shake it up figure out who who we keep from that you know yeah, essentially, you're making it more efficient, cutting out the... I think the, so. Yeah, the redundancies, right. When you bring in or, or merge all these things, you have different teams that were doing the exact same thing at different companies. So it's like, right. yeah, you just don't need all this extra fluff, I guess. Yeah, and it's not, not fluff. fluff but, it's not you know. fluff. People people are doing their own things. and But, you know, also legacy process is another thing where, I you know, like it... In the olden days, you'd pass it through five different people to do something, and now you don't necessarily need all the layers. So, I mean, that that was definitely a thing that it's that Elon said that he was doing at Twitter when he cut drastically, and I think his drastic cut has let everyone in business say, "Well, we can." He did a fifty percent cut or a forty percent cut. We can do a five percent cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can do, we can do something without you know overturning the book. But it has left a lot of work for us that are still there. So, oh, I bet, I bet. So yeah, 
How, how about you? What, what have your what have your couple weeks been like? Well, I was just going to finish up. Very cool that you're still employed. Yes, that's always nice. Um, it sucks for the people that aren't still employed. And that is correct. To, to move on. But- I learned this week, do not complain about having too much work too loudly because so many people you know, around you were impacted and they do not. They were like, that's a dream <laughs> to have too much work. So I will not complain about too much work. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, our week. So I've been riding home pallets on, um, <laughs> you know, our cargo bikes and so on. Clarissa got a pallet from her work. I, the custodians at my work give me the pallets. Uh-huh. I come walking in the morning. My office is full of pallets. <laughs> and I'm like, what are they? And they're like, well, we didn't want someone else to get them. So we stuck them in your office. I'm, I'm like, I get kids in here, too. You know, like, so it's kind of funny in that regard. So then I, on the way home, I, I throw them up on the bike could strap them down right and then we've been uh dismantling the pallets uh-huh. and taking them apart so to build a chicken coop a hen house oh nice nice with it you know to get some chickens uh we're probably thinking sometime october for the chickens you know i have to build the thing and all that uh-huh and then i'll probably go to home depot and they have like coal coal wood so it's like the warped wood the uh, okay. split wood the too knotty wood yeah i mean i don't really care how great the wood is i just want it really cheap mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i'm not building anything that's overly structure right structured i'm just making a shelter for these chickens so the raccoons and whatnot don't get in there do they have to have heating or anything if you're no i mean we don't get cold enough okay uh you know i mean if you're let's say in minnesota Mm -hmm. uh you might have like a little heater and then you know you run it at say 45 degrees or something yeah you know you don't need to have it like 80 in there or anything like that you know because you're not raising chicks (laughs) You're just doing, yeah, you're just uh, keeping them alive. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, they molt and they get like their, their winter feathers. Oh, okay. So they get that stuff that keeps them warm, you know, and, and uh, especially here, I mean, at night it could get into the upper twenties. That's a couple hours and it'll be cold in their, in their hen house, but they have the proper feathers. I mean, you know, they're made for that stuff. And depending on, you know, the breeds that they uh, sell here, there's different breeds that are made for like their crossbred to be in cold climates versus warm climates and things like that. So, right. Right. Okay. So yeah, the place nearby, they give you the proper ones that for our climate and stuff. And, and during the day, I mean, it's, it's nice out, you know, and awesome, but yeah, we'll probably start with four when we do. And Katrina has, Katrina has keeps uh, them as well, right? Yeah. I think she has like four, I want to say. And, but they're, they're in Boston right there. So they're a colder, much colder climate bird, I guess. I think they do like a little heater or something okay. in the winter, but it, it's they keep it low. I mean, you yeah. don't need a lot. And then Tim's doing his fourth grade mission project. You know, here in California, every every fourth grader does a mission project, and he got the San Diego mission. That's awesome. So he, he and I have been piecing it together all week and working on it and gluing parts and and all that stuff. So that's been a lot of fun. I think I think it's so funny because Bryce is now graduating middle school. But did we were we? Did we just start the podcast when Bryce was doing his? We must have, right? Because fourth grade, he's in, he's in eighth grade. I guess so. Man, it's crazy. I know. Time gets by. <laughs> All right, man. We have a couple of trailers tonight. Yeah. Right? I keep saying tonight. Tonight. Man. It is the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we have 
a couple trailers this morning. Uh, let's start with a haunting in Venice. Okay, dude, this looks creepy, right? It's it's a hor- it, it it comes off as a horror movie, right? And they they it I think so. They they play into the horror, but the star studded cast, right? Like you know Michelle Yeoh throughout, and uh, just like amazing. And then did it did it hit you with a twist uh well had you heard had you heard about this before no probably not. i have not heard about it okay so a twist from looking from watching the trailer you're saying a twist just in the tra- the twist in the trailer the girl at the end well no i to me it, I don't know. okay so my twist is that it's uh it's agatha christie you know monsieur pulot it's a it's a a lesser known Agatha Christie, you know? Okay, I didn't I didn't think of it in those terms. Right. That it's a lesser known Agatha Christie, but because of the same uh what's his name? The Yeah, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, the detective that was in River on the River no, what is it? Death. Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. <laughs> River on the Nile. Or the or the Orient Express. <laughs> the Orient Express like he's always the guy mm-hmm. that is the inspector and right. he's in this one too so i thought like oh it might be a murder mystery mm-hmm. not necessarily a seance type ghost mystery right but they do have that scene where he sees her he turns and she's not there but right you know how trailers go that could be two <laughs> totally different scenes in the movie no but i think it's a jump it's a jump scare it's your typical jump scare it is and yeah. it's it's very you know i think it's a it's a neat bridge of of genres, you know, like this whodunit. Right. You know, the whodunits are extremely popular. Horrors are extremely popular, but for different audiences. So this is interesting to bridge two audience groups that, you know, probably have a lot of overlap, but not 100%. So, yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I, I definitely want to watch this. I think it's not for the kids, <laughs> but me and Clarissa on like, because this comes out in uh, September. By the time it gets to streaming and all that stuff, you're probably thinking October, November start. Yeah, yeah. You know, the sun goes down early. It's it's dark. <laughs> it's dark early. The rainy season begins. It has that kind of haunting feeling in the air. I think yeah. that's going to be a great time to curl up on the sofa and watch this one. And are you a fan of Venice? Did you? you you've been. Uh, you beat me to the punch. I was going to ask if you've <laughs> been. No, we have not been to Venice. Oh, okay. Yeah, we. Yeah, that is on the list. We did Venice. When did we do Venice? Did we do Venice twice? Okay. No, we did. Oh, we did Venice when I was in school in in Prague. We did Venice for Easter. So we did Ven- Venice. Oh, that's cool. The Easter, uh, Easter two two thousand two two thousand four. I think two thousand four Easter. Um. So yeah. So we had Easter Mass at St. Mark's. Um, and it was amazing. So we did, we did that a couple of days. It's very romantic. It's very, sure. you know, <laughs> it's old time Europe, you know, so it's, it's an amazing city. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a great walking city. Like you, yeah, you love it. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, it's pre medieval. Yeah. You know, I, I read recently that maybe about six months ago or so that for the first time in like a millennia. The population of Venice dipped below 50,000. Oh, wow. Because there's so many tourists. There's so many like Airbnbs and all that kind of stuff. Uh And people are moving out because they can no longer 
go down to a market to get a croissant or a bagel, <laughs> a baguette. Uh, although that's probably all French, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you get, you know what I like? Yeah, espresso, yeah. let's say, right. or whatever, right? So because it's like all tourism and t-shirt shops now and all this stuff. <laughs> so all these people are moving out of Venice who used to live there. Yeah. And... There's nowhere for the locals to go anymore because it's so overrun. Mm. It's so expensive. Yeah. Just, you know, going to dinner, going to a market, going anywhere. It's so expensive. It's so overrun with tourists. There's nowhere for them to go because all these, the the the, the haunts they would go to, pardon the pun. Right. <laughs> but they would go to these places and they're all closing up shop because they're catering to the tourism so much. Yeah. And that's pretty sad, really, that... That's a shame. You have a beautiful city that no one can live in anymore because... Everyone else from around the world is there instead of the people who live there. Uh, yeah. You know, so that, yeah, that was a kind of a sad article. And it, like in a thousand, it, it's it's taken over a thousand years for it to finally go back to what it was before, you know, population wise before like uh-huh. they built it in a sense, you know, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. Does it say, does that the article talk about it still sinking or is it? I, that might've been the time. I think that might've been the reason that the article was written because uh-huh. there was uh, the floods or whatever from the tides that were coming in. Right. Right, right. Because of how it was sinking and all that water. And then they were saying how, um, you know, what they're going to what they're trying to do, how they're planning on saving it or whatever it is. And uh, and then it went into like how nobody's living there anymore and stuff, you know, because that was always the thing in the past, I would say, past decade. The thing that I've heard you know, anywhere just across, it felt like their marketing campaign. It felt like, okay, maybe there's some truth to this whole sinking thing, but it was always like Venice is sinking. See it before it's gone or something like that. And I'm just like, right. Oh my God, how morbid, but maybe the thing that they did to drive tourism, although it, you know, be, be somewhat true. This, maybe the scale of it was skewed a little bit and who knows like how quickly it was sinking, but it definitely drove, uh, it, was probably a good marketing ploy (laughs) well yeah and i mean one sinking and two sea level rise so it's like a double whammy right 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 and that place oh man we we need to go we need to go we need to go be part of the problem (laughs) it's probably sinking because there's so many people that all the weight on it you know Uh, all right man yeah i mean i think this is a really cool looking movie was it me or did the trailer to the trailer was it supposed to be silent or is that a glitch like from on youtube or something um did you notice that i didn't notice that i guess i it it's quiet i did well i guess i was trying to figure out if my volume was on and i was kind of preoccupied with that we did the same (laughs) and then when they showed the 20th century fox or whatever it was and then you're like oh now i hear it maybe that's a new maybe that's a new trope that just is like don't put how do we engage the audience we will we'll have picture without sound and then it'll it'll draw them in and then they'll be messing with their computer (laughs) wondering what's going on and then it'll start and they won't even notice it's a trailer to the trailer <laughs> oh man, I tell you. But we'll d- we'll distract them with their 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 technology. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's uh extremely awesome looking, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's dark. I like I like it. It's it's one of the few horrors that I think, you know, like you said, you go another another like your 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 beer is the gateway sour. This is a gateway horror. <laughs> gateway horror. <laughs> 
Yeah, from that, it's only a matter of time until it's Friday the 13th, part 17. You know, watching on YouTube, you you see it, and then the the next, the the auto feed is a, a, a different horror movie. And it's like, you know, so it's, it's already trying to do that. Yeah, turn off the autoplay. <laughs> I have it off on a lot of my stuff, but I don't think Anne has it off on hers. So the last time I watched it was was on her computer, and it, it has the autoplay. I got to turn it off for her. <laughs> Before you know it, it's three hours late. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Disney's Wish. Yes. This comes to theaters in November. November in the frozen uh, Wreck-It Ralph time frame. Wait, is that when they typically bring those movies out or are those movies also coming out? Frozen. Yeah, Frozen was was across uh, a few um, uh, Novembers. And then in the years in between, they also did the Wreck-It Ralph. So gotcha. Yeah, it's a very it's a very powerful time for uh, Disney animation. And and tell tell me that half of this teaser trailer was spent on legacy cards. <laughs> like- <laughs> Again, you're reading my notes. I mean, the legacy movies, Frozen, The Lion King, Moana. The one they left out though that I felt it had it 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 had hints and notes of too is Aladdin. Right, right. Yes, it definitely. Yeah. So. They did. They, they had. They couldn't mention every single Disney classic. That is but, true. But I, yeah, the Aladdin. I don't know why they would from the movie theater from the movie <laughs> studio that brought you. And it's like Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. They just start running down all of them. You know, Snow all White, the princess yeah. movies. Yeah, every, every single one. Yeah. So I mean, and this to me, the most interesting thing about this is that you see the opening studio card and it has the hundred years of disney right disney's hundred years yeah that's new for you don't see that a lot but i guess it's a hundred years so yeah it's the this is the anniversary so we're we're celebrating it like that right but um but it's interesting that they used it in part of the the narrative within the trailer you know they said the 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 movie that's been a hundred years in the making and i'm like wow that's so amazing to use not only the legacy of the studio, but something as specific as, you know, the anniversary of the studio in a tra- in the trailer. Well, and that's where I felt when they started doing all the legacy stuff, the movies that it's kind of like from the people that made those movies. Right. And then all the princess movies. This movie is like it's like a sprinkle of every one of those movies that got put into this. And then it's almost like an amalgamation of all of those to make this one. It's a <laughs> not, not, and I'm, and I know it wasn't this, but it is almost like an AI generated. Let's compile, let's compile all the things. They're like, Ooh, people like Fantasia will have the flowers come to life. Uh, <laughs> people like talking animals will play into that. You know what I mean? And it even and it even has like a bit of the new. I think the the star character, the star thing that the star piece, he's definitely been there, like in parts of Brave and and, and other things like that. But he kind of has a whimsical a Studio Ghibli. It kind of has like this, you know, that Studio Ghibli spirit character kind of thing going. What is Studio Ghibli? Studio Ghibli is like Miyazaki's castle or you know floating howl's moving castle and it's it's a japanese animation studio oh okay okay but it's but disney disney bought it or you know licensed it globally and and got it you know kept it going but yeah miyazaki's like known world world renowned 
animator. Okay, yeah, I know. Um, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with the name. Is is what it was? Ponyo, Ponyo, and the Borrowers are kind of the his one of his Western faves. Ponyo, the kids love Ponyo. Have your boys seen Ponyo? I have no idea if they saw Ponyo. Oh, you should, you should definitely. We should definitely show them Ponyo. <laughs> Right, cool. And then let's jump into one that uh, you wanted to talk about with the Hulk. Okay. <laughs> so that is all the light we cannot see. That's right. And that's also that that's on Netflix, and that's also coming November second. Uh-huh. There's it's there's no language or anything. It's there's there's no speaking. It's just all visual and music. Yeah, and and just like very poignant. And it's not what is it? It's not uh, there was a song that I was thinking of. It's not for Elise. It's uh it's that other song. Anne's Anne's always correcting me and even even on this she was correcting me. Um I know I th- that's why I saw that in the text chat group <laughs> thing and and I'm like, all right, Ted has something he wanted to say about this. So let's, <laughs> let's get it in there. Yeah, and it's it's really like uh it, it's amazing to me that the you know, success in in your life like can give you the chance to do something else, right? So you watch this trailer, and it's like you said, it's it's moving without without dialogue, right? It has this evocative nature to it. It's extremely, I don't know, it, is it? It's not uplifting, but it's poignant, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for. And then they then they throw the title cards in there, and and it's like you see Mark Ruffalo, so obviously you're kind of taken a little bit out of it. Oh, thank you. I was trying because I always come across it. I always say Mark Garofalo. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always say Mark Garofalo. And I'm, I'm like, no. I can't say because I know I'm wrong, but I couldn't remember what it was. No, Janine Garofalo, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I saved you a little bit there. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, so he's the Hulk. So it takes you out. But then you see, uh, uh, what is it? Not It's uh, Sean, Sean Levy. And and you're like Sean Levy, the guy from Schitt's Creek, like he's directing and creating this thing, and and he had this huge success in Schitt's Creek. It's a sitcom, and as we talked about last time, like sitcoms are made to be listened to, and it's dialogue driven, and it's heavy. You know, it's like this story, and he gets to do his success in that medium has driven it has been so great that he was given the opportunity to make this, you know, and it's also for television because it's Netflix, but it's done in a cinematic way. So he could, you know, use his cinematic um, experience and knowledge and, and kind of plus it out. So it's just uh, amazing that people can cross genres and, and mediums even within the visual medium. Well, yeah. And even Mark Ruffalo, I mean, he was rom-com guy for a long time. (laughs) Oh God, was he ever. (laughs) And then he becomes the Hulk and now he's the, character in this whatever, <laughs> whatever his character yeah. role is you know i mean he's just get yeah everyone you know should never never stop trying to do the thing that you want to do you know <laughs> even, exactly. if, even if you if you have success in something else if you have a a passion for something let it let that let that shine through well and it's nice that they're not pigeonholed into i'm superhero all the time and i can't do anything else right right or i'm rom-com guy all the time and i can't do anything else because now i'm just (laughs) typecast in this in this role or this you know the genre and i can't break free from it even though i hate doing it (laughs) uh so speaking of that 
Um, yes. What have you been watching? I know not. You're not watching Ted Lasso. Not Ted Lasso. Well, I was saving Ted Lasso for Audrey, but she's been so busy this week. So she has not only does she have prom this weekend, but next Friday she has AP tests starting. So oh wow, she has yeah. she has her A push test next Friday, and she's been like really like rocking the books for that. And wow, I don't know American history. <laughs> Trying to get college credit. Yeah, yeah, she's got a she's got a couple of college classes under her belt from last year. She had two AP classes, nice. so she took two again this year. Um, so they start next week and then we only, we have less than a month of school. When do your guys' school get out? We're done June 9th. So you guys are so late. <laughs> Everybody in the rest of the world is so late. Like people are mid June. We're out May 25th. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, no, June 9th. Um, I mean, everybody still has 180 days in California. Oh, okay. So she either goes back early or like, what does she have? Two weeks at Christmas instead of three? Oh, no, we have a week at Christmas. One week? Yeah. Not two? No. <laughs> no. Oh, well, see, we have like we have a week at Thanksgiving, three at Christmas, a week for spring break. That's crazy. We have a week for, well, we have... No, for Thanksgiving we only have we have we go to Wednesday, but everybody everybody calls out Wednesday, and Anne's always like, "Oh my God, we have to like make sure the kids go to school on Wednesday." I'm like, "If we're traveling, we're traveling, like you know." So that's why you guys take fewer during off, you know, fewer off during the year, so you get yeah. you have longer summer. I don't know which I'd prefer. I, I prefer having it spread out because yeah, like me as uh, I I go two weeks after the teachers I work, uh-huh. and I go to work two weeks before the teachers get there. Oh, so wow. I work an extra four weeks than the teachers, and. I pretty much just have, I say just, but I pretty much just have the month of July off. And by the end of the month of July, I'm ready to go back to work. I would rather have like multiple weeks throughout the year than one massive break. Yeah. Because then, you know, you get the summer doldrums and you're just kind of like, oh my God, now I'm sitting around the house. What am I going to do now? <laughs> you know? and so I think your time off is more meaningful when you have numerous one and two week breaks rather than one massive huge break you know right you break it up better so with that oh yeah what i've been watching uh you know what i really like i like the the diplomat the diplomat i haven't heard of it so the diplomat on on netflix is kind of amazing it's by a producer showrunner of a homeland, which I know you and I love. Until they hung Brody and then I was out. <laughs> then it's over. You know what I We always have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're only fans of Brody's Homeland. It should be like called something else. <laughs> Brody's Homeland. <laughs> so yeah, so the Diplomats um a new series on on Netflix about a career diplomat who's kind of known for taking care of the Middle East. Okay. And and she gets a she gets a an ambassadorship in the Middle East, but then there's a an event in England. The one of the English ships, one of the English uh, carriers, is is taken out, and they don't know who it's taken out by, and it looks like it's the Iranians or whatever. So she gets a emergency post as the ambassador of ink to England, the U.S. ambassador to England. And is this contemporary or historical? It's contemporary. It's like yeah, it's today. Okay, and it's really amazing. Our um. Uh, Carrie Russell plays the main character. Okay. She's great. Um, but you and I, I think we're big, uh, Rufus Sewell, Sewell. Oh man. Sewell? Sewell. Rufus Sewell. Rufus Sewell. 
Who's Rufus Sewell? The man in High Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> so he plays he plays the husband of uh, Carrie Russell's husband. And he also is an ambassador, but he's kind of like a loose cannon ambassador. And the whole, the you know, I've only four episodes in, I think. But every episode is kind of like him doing backhanded back backside deals and like trying to figure stuff out. And he's a great operator, like in in the wild. But he's a loose cannon, so he's never gonna he's never gonna politically uh, move up the, the in ranks. But he's found out a way to you know his wife is smart and talented, so he was able to kind of position her in a way so she can move up in the ranks. And there, even though even though their their marriage is falling apart. They can still like operate their operators against each other. So this is great um, television, like I like I, like we've been talking about, and it's great trainer fodder. So I'm on the treadmill every day watching at least half an hour of it. And what platform? Netflix. Netflix. Okay, The Diplomat. Yeah, and it's got a funny. It's so I didn't see anything before this. I didn't hear anything about this, and then it kind of dropped, and I just you know it was fed to me, and it was the right thing to feed to me. And then I'm listening to Pod Saves America, which is the political podcast by the Obama Bros. Right. And they got they bought time on that. They they advertise on there, and I'm like, perfect. It's perfect advertisement. Perfect, perfect crowd of people that you would want to drive towards this show on Netflix. So kudos to the marketing team for for doing that. Okay, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. It sounds it sounds enjoyable. <laughs> it is. How about you? Oh, and by the way, so the treadmill I have so I've been walking for months, right? Like half an hour every morning, right? Okay. For at least 3 months. But the past 2 weeks, yeah, past 2 weeks, I finally got an app and I was like, I'm going to do a little more, a little more hit, a little more hit training just like there's like this place that says seven minutes a day will will make a difference, right? Okay. Of this hit, 30, 30 seconds of each pose or whatever. Now, does this attach to your treadmill in some way or like Bluetooth wise or? No, I just do the treadmill separately and then I come into the guest house and I do the seven seven to 10 minute um, hit exercises. Oh, I got it. Okay, sure. And, uh, and what is it? 10 days maybe? I've been doing it and- uh, just under two weeks and yeah. uh, five pounds down. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? The first five is the easiest to lose, but you know, you got to start somewhere and you got to keep it, keep it trucking. So we'll see. Yeah. The thing I find is it's not all about like, you know, lifting a lot or do it's just being consistent. Right. If you're just out there putting in the time, you're going to start seeing benefits, you know? And right. Yeah. So, all right, man. Yeah. So we've done um, just a quick a quick couple, uh, Rocky Four. So we finally got that one done. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. I must break you. <laughs> I know, just, you know, the robotic Soviet. I mean, it's just so, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed it, and I know the boys really enjoyed it, but it's just so, like, 1980s. Even the music is so 1980s, you know, and yeah. just chopping wood. <laughs> um, we're well into the second season of Big Bang Theory. Okay. All right. So that show is, it, it totally holds up. It's not that old, but right. um, it still totally holds up. It's a lot of fun. Although, even though it's relatively new, I mean, what is that, late 2000s, like 2008-ish it might have come out or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of their older tech is pretty funny, though. Like, you know, when they're like, oh, my God, I was totally texting him on his Blackberry and stuff. You know? <laughs> and, 
like it, there's a few a few tech things in there that do date them, you know, and stuff. Right, but, right. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. Um, Ted Lasso, we could wait on that. Although let's wait. Yeah, the week prior to this week, because we we had two weeks that we we watched since we taught we spoke last. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty good. Um, where she met the dude on the boat because she fell. They were in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really enjoyed that. It was kind of. Did you love the bike path scene? I thought you would have loved the bike. Path. The bike yeah. Well, that's when she <laughs> fell into the yeah. canal. But no, but I, I what I liked about that episode was everything was kind of down at that point. The team's losing. Everybody's losing. Everything's going terrible for everyone. Right. And that was like a turning episode that said, OK, we have to kind of rebuild our relationships because until we, we, we rebuild our relationships, we're not going anywhere. So it was like that uh reestablishing yeah who who we are as a team as a person as a couple as whatever it is you know and 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 it's to me it was it was definitely that that resetting but it was something about her her wardrobe in that was just amazing her wardrobe and her hair like i watched that with audrey and that's part of the reason we haven't watched this one yet but but she was just like, it was great to see her with her hair down, you know, <laughs> not, not, not the fully defensive team owner that she is everywhere else, you know? So yeah, it yeah. was, it was down to brass tacks for all the, all the player, all the players and all the, the cast. So it was nice. And this week, I think you're going to enjoy it. And okay. Then and then our opening will make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, um, are, are you familiar with Ramit Sadi? Seti? Sati? No, what is that? No. So he's like a, a financial guru kind of a dude. Okay. And so on Netflix, he has a show, How to Get Rich. Oh, yeah. They try to push that to me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we, we they pushed it to us, and so I bit. I knew who the guy was. Okay. Um, From like... Uh, what's it called? The uh, Tim Ferriss podcast and oh, okay, okay, like other podcasts like that that he's been on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I know of him. I don't agree with I, you know, I subscribe more to the Mister Money Mustache side of of uh, finance, but uh huh, but it's pretty good. And he is what's his top line? What's his top line? Like Mister Money Mustache? What he's like? Uh, minimalist, right? He's like save by not spending, right? Like that kind of thing. Well, he yeah, he's like cut out everything out of your life yeah and put his not everything of course but um all the unnecessary stuff the extras yeah and then put all that extra money into like a vanguard total stock market account uh-huh so what is the what is the top line of this of this guy you're not gonna get rich by cutting out lattes essentially you're gonna get rich by cutting out um, by reducing say a mortgage uh-huh. from four hundred thousand to two hundred thousand that's like real money cutting out a dollar a day on a cup of coffee isn't gonna save anything so right and then but his main thing is you can only cut so much until like you can't cut anymore right but your earning potential is unlimited you can always make an unlimited amount of money but your cutting is is limited by you know you still have to buy groceries and stuff you know right i yeah so i yeah i mean there's definitely uh something some truth to that i i think the so this is one of those things where they autoplay a trailer you know when they're serving it up to you and there was something so off-putting about his interaction with the people that it turned me off of the whole thing a little bit did did like condescending or something or what do you mean yeah, it was something like that. Like you could tell he, I, I don't even, I, I only, I only, 
I only experienced it viscerally, so I can't even uh, discuss the actual topics or words that he was saying. But there's something about the way that he was talking and the character and the and maybe maybe it was the fact that I didn't like the character that was the the regular person that was talking, and then I didn't like the way he was talking to her. And I was just like, oh, there's something about this interaction that I just don't even feel like watching this this play out. Like, I don't care whether she I don't I'm not defending her and I don't like the way he's talking to her anyway. And it was like, uh, I'll just watch another I'll watch more of the diplomat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I said, I mean, it's OK. I mean, uh-huh. like I get his premise, I, but I like the premise. I, 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 I think that's I think that's true. I think. You know, if you you got to find a passion and then just like dive into it and figure out how to monetize a passion and and I think you know you can develop a passion out of things that you're good at. You could you could be better at things that you love. You know, there's many ways. There's no one way to to make a fortune or make a career. And yeah, and I think his his other his other like talking point is like how to design your rich life essentially so Mm -hmm. cut out everything that's getting in the way of you having a rich life so if your rich life is like whatever we're gonna make this podcast a million dollars and we're gonna run with this podcast Uh-huh. Then why are we wasting time, you know, with five other hobbies and all the crap that goes into those hobbies and all the money that, you know what I mean? It's like, no, right. get rid of all that and focus totally on this and make all the money, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of where he gets to is, is get rid of all the fluff. You know? It's like. <laughs> It's like it's like every time you 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 uh you make a new batch of beer and I and I try to t- tell you we need to monetize this we need to <laughs> figure out how to make your canning factory or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like no, I just want five Hobby. gallons of beer. Right. Yeah, that's that all I, I can share with my friends. You know? Like I don't need to. I don't need to become you know all of a sudden scale this thing up, to Mister Beer. Million, <laughs> yeah, million dollar industry. You know, but but yeah, I mean it. You know, and I agree with you. I mean with with how the interactions are some of the people are a little bit annoying in what they do with their money right essentially and i I think if you watch it i think the one that i relate to most is probably the black couple in philadelphia Uh uh-huh okay just the 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 well it's hard to say i mean some of the interactions that they have and and you know what they do is i'm like i can see myself doing that you know and the one that's probably the most annoying is is like the um there's this rich Beverly Hills chick uh, who's like driving a Ferrari and stuff. Yeah. She has like millions of dollars or whatever. She's flat broke. Uh, She's spending all this money on nothing, you know, and, <laughs> and it's like and she can't get out from under herself because her spending habits are ridiculous. And her like twenty right. year old daughter is trying to like write business plans for her. It's, it's just so <laughs> That one is just, and, and I think that's the one you're talking about. Maybe, yeah. Where, yeah, and she's just so annoying. And then he's like always like rolling his eyes at her, like, what are you talking about? Like, you- it's like the Hell's Kitchen of Finance. Kind of. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, first of all, they're not good cooks. And then he's yelling at them about being not good cooks. It's like, oh, come on. I don't even want to watch that. <laughs> right. That's, that's kind of what it is, you know, the Hell's Kitchen of Finance. Or what was the one in Servant? What was that show? Oh, God. Yeah. 
<laughs> I forget, but yes, this exactly. is all these like cussing this people all, out. Yeah. yeah, that was that. I, I always loved that. You know, he was like the mean guy. And I loved that. I loved that. His catchphrase is so awful, and he was getting yelled at for the streets, but it was by his fans because they loved him so much. <laughs> I know that was good. Oh. All right, man. Well, let's get on with our day. We have. Uh, I got some errands to run, and there you go. I got a yard to mow with my new. My new fixed up lawnmower had its service this this past week. So well, there you go, rock Check and roll. How's the weather there? Is it pretty warm? It's uh, it's you know, it's a nice. This is the nice spring, uh, L.A. L.A. spring, where it's you know, it's hot during the day. It gets between you know eighty and ninety or whatever. Oh, that's nice. But then, but then in the evenings when the sun goes down, it's like, oh, we need a jacket. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I love that. That the brisk the brisk evenings are are phenomenal. Yeah, it's not late August. Yeah. You guys are brisk at what, thirty degrees at night or something. <laughs> now we've been probably forty five to fifty five overnight. Okay. And then during the day about sixty five. Wow. So this is that time of year when like the the kind of the gloom comes in off the ocean. Oh, right, right, right. And it just hangs over the, you know, like the clouds, the the marine layer just hangs and like yeah. the temperature literally is like between 55 and 65 in a 24-hour span. It never changes. Right. <laughs> it's uh May gray, right? May gray, I think is what they call. Or June gloom, May gray, whatever. May gray, May gray leads to June gloom. <laughs> yeah, and it's just you know, my rides to work in the morning, I mean, super dense fog, you know, and you get there, you're all wet from the from the moisture hanging in the air. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's, you know, <laughs> life on the coast, man, life on the coast. So. Awesome. All right, Ted, we will get this out and talk to you next week for episode 225. All right, see you. All right, bye. Bye. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.